Hi, welcome to Adventures in Awakening. I'm your host, Amber. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. It has been a while since I uh, published an episode, so how is everyone doing? I hope everyone had the most beautiful holiday season full of love and joy and all good things. Um, And happy 2023. Definitely reach out and let me know what's going on and how everyone's doing. I appreciate all the emails and um, reaching out to see where I was and what's going on with uh, the podcast. And um, I appreciate that. I just took a much needed break. I'm back. I'm working on some big projects. So I'm definitely not going to be sharing episodes as often as I was. Um, but I still definitely want to keep it going. So thank you for reaching out. I appreciate all the love and support, sending lots of love to all of you. Um, again, I hope everything is just going amazing. I know 2023 is a big year astrologically. I'll hit on that and a few, um, episodes. Um, so I just want to see how everyone's doing. I hope that you're taking some time to just pause and go within before the energy picks up. That's what Capricorn season is all about is just really taking space to tune in. Um, so yeah, definitely honor that energy. So I'm excited to share this episode with you. I recorded this way back when with, uh, Cara Pellegrine. This episode was fun. Kara shares her story growing up Christian, the losing of her religion, kind of coming back full circle and what led her back to Jesus or Yeshua. We talk about yoga, Reiki. We discuss Mary Magdalene, the hidden secrets of Egypt. She shares her take on religion. We talk about her becoming a witch and what a rich a witch really is. Um, and could you be one? So um, this is a fun episode. I hope that you take a listen, enjoy. If you do enjoy it, share it with someone who you think would enjoy um, the listen. If you guys have any topics that you're interested in hearing about, definitely reach out. Again, happy to be back. Happy uh, New Year. Happy full moon in Cancer later this week. Have a beautiful week. Namaste. Welcome to Adventures in Awakening. I'm your host, Amber. Today I am on with the lovely Kara Pellegrine. Kara, welcome to Adventures in Awakening. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to begin by just asking you kind of your awakening story. Um, what landed you to right where you are in this moment? I know that we met at um, Reiki training like forever ago and we <laughs> stayed connected and definitely have some... Um, similar 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 interests beliefs and you're also our family photographer like you wear many hats so um, I'm excited to have you on here and have you share your story yes I I do wear many hats (laughs) um I okay where do I start so for me I began this journey probably about really five years ago or, or six years ago Um, after I had my daughter, actually, I, um, was doing yoga with Adrian on YouTube. And, um, (laughs) one day I was on a 30 day journey and like the middle of the journey, I was just laying there and I decided that I had this like burning desire inside of me that I felt all of a sudden that I wanted to be a yoga teacher. And, um, I, it just, it just felt right. And and when I mean burning inside of me, that that's the feeling that it was, it was like burning so much that it was like, I need to do this. And I decided to follow it. So I became a yoga teacher. I studied at yoga strong in Canton, Ohio, and I loved the training that I was in. We were, um, I believe eight months long and, um, in that process, I was also breaking up with my old self and breaking up with religion, essentially, and the way the old patterns and the things that I had started with. And I was kind of lost. And in the beginning, we were learning meditation. And um, for me, 
as I, I grew up um, in a Christian family, meditation, like, felt wrong and scary. Like, I felt like I couldn't meditate. And there was something wrong in doing that. Even in high school and psychology class, um, I remember when our teacher like guided us through a meditation, I just like didn't do it and kept my eyes open because I felt like it was wrong. So it took me a long time to be able to break down through things and be like, there's nothing wrong with listening to my own thoughts. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing wrong with seeing what's going on in my mind. And I had to break up with that fear. And once I get past that, the first meditation that was really powerful for me that I remember specifically, um, I had seen like a light at the end of the tunnel kind of image. And down at the end of the tunnel was this purple and white light. And then there was a doorway and standing at that doorway was myself. And I turned and looked back and I said, why don't you take God with you? And then I shut the door. And at that point, I was in a place where I didn't even want to say the word God, and I wasn't even sure what to do with what I just heard in the meditation. I kind of wanted to be like, eh, well, screw you, because that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> so it took me a long time um, to sh- shift through that. And when Reiki came into my life, I kind of was having to still go through the same thing, because the there's these words in our society that we feel like are scary. And so Reiki, even though it's just the word of a practice is kind of scary to somebody who doesn't know what it is. So I tried it out and I was addicted. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything about it. I just know I needed more of it. And I also was just looking for a way to heal myself. I feel like this whole time, I just was like, what can help me feel better and lose these fears and these anxieties and this suffering that I, my mind and body are going through daily. Um, So once I started down the Reiki journey, that is yes, when I met you, thankfully, (laughs) um, that opened up the door. And again, I was just looking for a way to heal but now has transformed me into the teacher that I am and as in yoga and now um, teaching Reiki also, because I found so many things along this way to help myself in this healing process on this journey that I decided I need, I need to share this with people who have maybe gone through the same thing, who have also grown up in a religious home or in some type of religious form and are now trying to break up with that to come back to themselves because that's the true goal that I have found like for us here I feel is for us to go past this egoic society belief break down those barriers and go further inward and get back to our truth which is God. And that is all of us. We are all God and we're all part of that. And so now it's really weird because I've come back to actually taking God with me. And it took me a long time to do that. I mean, I had that meditation six years ago, but now I really feel like that. And I um, am now a teacher and also still a student. I'm still learning. Like I, I learn from my students, but um, I believe that I'm doing exactly what I meant to do. And I wouldn't have done all of that unless I had this burning desire to be a yoga teacher out of nowhere. And I would have gone past my fears of feeling like what I was doing was wrong when in turn, all of this has actually made a lot of sense and connected me deeper with myself and with everyone and everything else around me. I love it. That's beautiful. So how, how growing up, you know, in a religious home, um, are you still like, how, how would your family handle that? Are you still like, have you come full circle? Um, so my family, most of them, 
do not really accept what I do or what I talk about. And if I do talk about it, it kind of turns into a battle for them to try to prove me wrong. Mm -hmm. So I've had to come to the realization that everyone's allowed to have their own beliefs and their own thoughts. And I'm not here to convince anyone of anything that they don't want to hear, believe, or do. I'm only here to help those who want to hear this. So my um, way of dealing with it is just acceptance of them and of myself. It, it kind of took me, actually, I believe that we um, went over this in our Reiki training together. There was someone who presented um, I can't remember the name of their presentation, the person that they were doing it with, but she showed how everything comes back to you. Mm -hmm. And we worked through the fact of my, my mother not accepting me. Well, it turned out like, well, do you really accept yourself? Mm -hmm. So I started the process of like, I really had to learn how to just accept me. And, and it turns out that once I did, and now that I do, I really, I don't care what my family or anyone else thinks or how they feel about what I believe or if they think I'm going to hell because they have family members who have said that to me. And um, I don't take offense to it anymore. I'm My younger self, you know, I, I went through the judgment in a different form consistently with my family. And... I, it, it, it triggered me. It took a lot, um, to have to come through that. And it, it comes down to having self-acceptance, no matter what you're doing, as long as you accept that in yourself, you'll be okay. So I've come yeah. through my family, not accepting. I love that. And it, I mean, the, really the bottom line in that is it's coming back to love. Um, right. Yes. Loving that other person, no matter what. Also, you know, seeing that other person is we're all here on this journey together, having a different experience. And so as long as we can extend that other person, love and compassion, um, then that, then that's really what matters. You know, um, I had a friend, a conversation with a friend last week and someone, she also does energy healing and someone actually said to her, um, which I want to get your opinion on because when she said that to me, my jaw dropped, like dropped onto the ground. She said, this person said, Reiki is the work of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what in the hell? Um, yeah. I've had a few people message me actually and tell me that their pastor said that if you have a Reiki treatment or whatever, that we're putting things in their mind and we're doing demon work. And I was like, what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's just, um, it's, it's a fear of the unknown of, of what they don't understand. And essentially for me, once I got into this work, I'm like, uh, isn't this what Jesus was doing? Mm -hmm. like walking around and spreading his love and his light by touch and helping others. Like, I don't see what's wrong in this. Like, I'm not asking people to worship a devil. I don't understand. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's lots of, they, they block themselves from the unknown and what's outside of the Bible. But I believe that this is all in the Bible. They're just looking through it with what I want to say, these like filtered goggles of some sort where they're not reading it to the ability of like what's really there. And then also seeing the true history of the fact that like when the Bible was created, there was men who literally hated women and men who wanted control. So how could there not be things left out of the Bible stories like Mary Magdalene's, for example? Um, I believe that was like the first book that like helped me transform, like feeling like, OK, with God again. Mary Magdalene revealed um, by Megan Watterson. She tells the story about Mary Magdalene where, you know, she walked with Jesus every single day. So how could she not have a story to share? And. Yeah. In that I learned that half of her gospel was burnt 
because they didn't want it to be shared. And the other half was hidden um, by ancient monks in Egypt. And when they discovered it in like the 1800s or something like that, they still denied it. The churches denied it. They didn't want anything to do with it because they viewed Mary Magdalene as a whore. And she was called that because she would kiss Jesus on the mouth and Paul witnessed it and was jealous of that. Well, you know, I'm his follower too. Why does he love you in another way that he doesn't love me? Like, how is this fair? Because women were not allowed to have spiritual experiences. Women were not allowed to show their hair. Women weren't allowed to do anything (laughs) back then. So how can they not see that there had to be things hidden from us? that there's so much more there's so there's a deeper truth to what the teachings are and we're blocking ourselves from having this fear of all of these things around us when all of these things can actually help us connect to our source and to God better and i believe that that's where you know it it gets lost when they want to come in and say um this is right and that is wrong because i i don't even believe in right or wrong anymore everything just is and we're learning through the process of that mm, that's so true that's so good i think also be like because there's so much fear i feel like a lot of the bible is fear-based there you know you are to fear god you are to um that's not the God I know. Right. Right. Um, and so I think it's also coming back to what you said about like patriarchy and what was happening at that time and how it was written and also the perception of it. Right. Like, yeah, we could experience the exact same thing and what I'm going to write down and what you're going to write down. It's going to be different. Exactly. And it should be. And like that, that's the point. Like we are, I believe that we are, this comes from Ram Dass. Um, we are each God and we're manifested here to have this human experience. So none of our experiences are going to be the same, but we're all learning. So that way we can um, heighten the consciousness of the greater being. But when we are in that place of constant fear and shame and guilt, like we're, we're not elevating ourselves, we're not getting any better. And, and we're staying in this place of essentially hell instead of creating heaven on earth for yourself and bringing that love in and releasing the fear and the guilt and the shame. And I want to share like, um, if you've ever read Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, um, mm-hmm. her her book opened my eyes in a lot of ways too. She healed herself from vaginal cancer with the power of thought. And it all came down to what she found with every single one of her clients and with herself is that it came back to our childhood and not feeling worthy and not feeling good enough because that's what we're taught right from the get-go like we were born perfect humans we're these babies are perfect like they have no shame in expressing their feelings they'll cry or they'll laugh they'll scream however they're feeling they're going to let that be expressed and they love their whole selves they even you know they they even love their poop there's there's no shame in a baby loving itself. And then we have these like fearful adults that come in and start to conform us and be like, Oh no, you can't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Sit down, shut up. Don't move. You know, you have to be a good girl and you can't speak up and you can't say things. And then we look to a God that's outside of us and we view this man that's sitting in a clouds and he's looking down at us, judging us consistently. And if you don't live up to his expectations, then you're going to go burn for the rest of your life. And that just didn't sit right with me. Like I didn't, I finally looked outside of that. and I was like, I, that is not, that doesn't feel good. And also there were so many more things, of course, within that, in the church and the system that didn't feel right to me. And they never have ever since I was little, I would, I would learn these things and I'd be like, but I 
can't say that people across the seas who don't have the chance to learn about Jesus are going to burn in hell. That doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. How could you think that this is what goes on for everybody in the whole entire world has to believe the same exact thing or else they're going to go to a bad place? Like it just didn't sit right. And then also I'm mean, coming back to like this man holding shame and guilt over you. That's that's for the feminine, especially like we have been so out of touch with the feminine because the masculine is what we worship and what we look up to. And then what it was held over me as in, I live under a man because I come from his bent rib and I'm no better than that. And it, it takes a lot to be able to come outside of that and see God in a bigger picture. So now I see it as God is feminine and masculine and God is love and love doesn't judge. Love is not capable of judging. So when someone says only God can judge me, it's like, no, because God love doesn't judge. So (laughs) God won't be judging you. God will be loving you endlessly. That is endless love. And that is what we feel that we're not worthy of because we've been taught since day one that if we do something wrong, we're shamed for it. Or some people have to go confess their sins. Thankfully, that wasn't in in my part of having a religion because I feel like I'd have even more trauma if you are forced to go and confess to another human being, not even you know, just praying in your own room, you have to go confess your sins. It's, that's just not right. It's not fair to be shamed and guilt over right or wrong. Like nothing is right or wrong. Everything just is. And we are all doing the best we can. And we shouldn't feel guilt and shame for the natural human things that we're supposed to do and learn. That's so very true. And I love, I love that you said that. I want to ask you, um, after all this, you know, time researching and learning and, and going maybe back to the Bible and digging a little deeper, do you feel like Mary Magdalene and Jesus had a, like a relationship? Do you think they were the balance of divine feminine, divine masculine? Yeah, I do believe that they were that, like he was the masculine, she was the feminine and together they were that divine presence and they were walking together in teaching. And like, she was the one that was there at his tomb crying when the angels appeared and, and then he appeared and said, why are you crying to let her know that, you know, life goes on and I, I never leave you. I'm always with you. But she was there crying because she had a relationship with him. She was human And he was part human too. I think that's the biggest part that's like kept from us about Jesus is like, he was part human and part divine. So there are stories that we don't hear because they don't want us to hear. There are stories about his childhood that they used to sing songs and tell folklore stories about Jesus's childhood, but they took them out because they didn't want us to hear them anymore. They made these songs forbidden. Um, I was listening to... Uh, during Yule time, I was trying to to listen to some folklore stories and get some real history in. And um, one of the stories that I heard was, you know, a- about Jesus when he was younger and he was getting picked on because he was born in a cave and he was a poor boy. And um, because he had these abilities that nobody else had and he can walk on water. He walks across the water and builds this imaginary bridge and tells these little boys to come across the bridge. And then they, they fall through it and fall into the water and drown and die. And in the song, then he goes back to Mary and the mothers come and cry to her. So she has to whip her son with a willow's branch. And then that's why there's something in the Bible about a willow branch. And it just like, it's like, okay, you know, that could be so true, but it's something that, of course, your church is not going to want you to hear because Jesus is perfect and <laughs> they don't want any other stories coming out of that. But because he was part human, there has to be human stories in there. There can't not be, in, in my belief, at least. And I believe that as a human being, sex is um, natural 
and there's nothing wrong with it. It's something that we're supposed to enjoy instead of feel guilt and shame and hide behind doors with. And how could that not have been something that a 33 year old man wasn't experiencing with another woman? So to me, I feel like it just makes perfect sense. She walked with him every day and he helped her and she helped him. And she was also going through, um, you know, her own, when they say like he cast seven demons from her, I believe that it was like her own traumas, her own demons, as in the things that were holding her back, her fears, her anxieties, the blocks that she had. I believe that the demons are actually blocks. They're not literal demons. Right. And then once she released those blocks, she was divine as well. And together they were sharing this information. And of course, those times were a lot different. So after Jesus was crucified and she was alone and she brings this information to Caesar, they denied it because a woman can't have a say. She wasn't allowed, you know, we weren't allowed to be preachers and priests or priestess anymore. They they took down all of the feminine temples, all of the honorings to any goddess or feminine aspect and created everything so masculine. So to me, once I learned that story and I saw that she had a side too, and the things that she has in her own gospel that Jesus said, it just makes so much more sense that there is no sin. There is no, we're not supposed to feel this way. But I believe that that's what they wanted in the past to keep control and to keep us under this aspect. So for us now to still believe in things that men of the past that hated women believed in, like, why are, why are we limiting ourselves? Why can you still say that that holds true to God? How can you believe that this is what makes you feel good when you're still holding this judgment over other people for their decisions? Like, um, you know, like same sex marriages, like why, why did the, the Christian community care so much? Why that's a judgment. You know, you're constantly placing a judgment to tell that person that they're going to burn in hell for the choice that they're making to love another, a man, love a man or a woman, love a woman. Like love is love. And there's no, there's Jesus is not going to come down and, and cast them to hell because of their choice of love. And it just does not make sense to me. So there's so much that I feel we are kept from and that was left out of the Bible. And they didn't want us to know the true story of Mary and Jesus because, you know, it would put him in a different category than this perfect being that you need to make yourself pure to be like. Right. I, from a lot, I've had several people who have written books about, you know, Mary Magdalene and um, Yeshua on the podcast. And uh, it's my understanding that for periods of time, um, you know, they were in Egypt doing uh, ancient studies and rituals and, um, you know, growing together as like a power couple. Yeah. I guess if you were to call it that. And uh, a lot of the teachings were under ISIS. Yeah. You know, their feminine teachings, um, which which I believe um, is because women are very powerful. And I believe that a man and a woman coming together in, in union, it, it's the most sacred, powerful thing. When it, you balance the feminine and the masculine together and you come together even in sex, you know, right. if there's... Um, there's power in that we it, it is creation right but we're we're felt to be shameful over it mm-hmm. not that it's not okay and to me it's like once I learned that that was the connection when the two coming together is source is you and that connection and, and the two beings I was like that is exactly what I believe that Mary and Jesus had to be doing and, and to be under the school of Isis, I've heard that too. Like, that's why she had the spicknard oil that she anointed Jesus's feet with. But they called her a whore for it because there's like, there's no way a single woman could afford that oil. But she had that oil because she was in Isis's training. And when you 
learn about ISIS. I, she's one of my Reiki guides actually. And, um, she's the mother. She's the mother. And her story is just like mother Mary and Jesus's story. You know, it comes down to having to go through this loss and returning to love. And she was consistent. Her, her message is love and consistency. She didn't give up. Her love was her mission this whole time. And so there's, there's whole, every story from the past that is like Egyptian or Greek, they match the biblical stories too. They all have the same message and the mother is prominent in it, but it always comes back to the masculine and the feminine creating this unity. And we don't have that in Christianity because it's just masculine. There is no feminine. There is no honoring that side of the feminine, which is like you said, the creation. We are the creators. We have this womb space that creates new life and not only new life, but we create our ideas and our passions and our books or our, our businesses. You know, there's, that is the feminine and men have been taught for so long to oppose that and to not be feminine and to be so over masculine that they can't even honor their emotions. And I don't believe that that's what Jesus would have wanted for the masculine. And it's just gone that way. (laughs) Why do you think that it was written the way it was? Control. Um, you know, for the kings and the popes in the past, uh, how can they keep the people coming back? Well, they're not going to teach them about reincarnation because if you believe that, you know, this isn't the end, it's okay, I'll get another chance to come back and learn again, then you're not going to come to church every Sunday. Um, because, you know, if you if you now believe, well, I have to learn how to do good so I don't burn forever and I have to repent for this every Sunday, then I'm going to keep coming back and I'm going to keep paying your church and I'm going to keep making sure that you've got a way to keep me in fear and keep me down. So I, I think control and fear were like the biggest things. And I believe that that's still a tactic today. I mean, it's. Oh yeah. Look at the world we live in. Exactly. (laughs) Um, It just, it doesn't end until we can see it and decide to take back our own lives and say, no, that, that doesn't work for me. Um, I'm going to do it this way. Right. And you know, when there's fear, when there's anything fear-based, there is not love. Right. There is not faith. Yeah. When when you're fear-based, you're not having faith. Like, I mean, you're in fear. Uh, fear, I feel like is false illusions, you know, appearing real, like they're, it's not truth. Yeah. And there's so much like silly little fear things that I feel like come from religion too. Like speaking on, um, like my family, even the color red, they're like, Oh no, that's evil. That's bad. And I'm like, what? It's, it's a freaking color. Like, first of all, red is powerful love and rooting and grounding and togetherness. Like for me, you know, I view it as the root chakra now. So, but it's like passion and it's powerful. And she had a, one of my aunts, I'm saying she had a light. It was an angel light and it was red. And she was just like, so torn up about it. Like angels should not be red. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is the type of fear you have over a color. Wow. <laughs> so the fear, like it can melt out in so many ways and, and that's what it starts at. And then it just grows to where then you have all of these fears over something so silly and like, Ooh, no, that's scary. That's bad. That's creepy. It's like, you, you created that. You created that fear by feeding into it. And, and now you're letting it stop you from liking a particular color when, yeah, there's, there's definitely red angels. Like there's no way that you can tell me the color red is a bad color. Even black. I don't know. Black's not bad either. So they're, they're scared of the darkness. And to me, the darkness 
is just the unknown, the unconscious, the the parts that you haven't looked at yet. That's your shadow side. Like when, when we talk about doing shadow work and integrating your shadow, that's just the unknown, the parts of you that want to be witnessed, but they're still sitting there lingering in the darkness. It's not something to fear. No. And I feel like it's something to be embraced. I, for my life, uh, damn, I couldn't get to the light, like without going through the darkness and the shadows. I mean, like the light is what kept me going, but you, that's what we're all here to do is to learn and grow and to explore. Like we're here to make the world a better place. We're here to, again, come back to that creating heaven on earth. And it's, it's through doing the shadow work and doing the healing. Yes. Yeah. So the, the darkness is necessary. I mean, uh, we can look at that for like the, the cycles of the seasons. Um, looking at the fact that right now we're coming close to, um, well, I mean, we're in this state of darkness. We are in the winter season. And this is the time to be in that darkness and to go inward and to learn and to go in your home and, you know, we're not spending as much time outside because it's a dark inward journey time, Mm -hmm. but society has turned it into this, like, I got to rush and be outside. I got to go buy presents. I got to shop on Cyber Monday and, and Black Friday and do all these things and go, 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 go and meet all my family members and have all these parties to go to. And it's like, we've completely rejected what we were actually supposed to do. It's because we've ignored these cycles. And I want to say when I started to uh, claim, you know, being a witch, and I I claimed that word for myself, it's because I fell into honoring the cycles and my intuition and, and trusting this season and this process. And in that process, learning that those cycles are also within ourselves, and we're going to have this life this death and this rebirth over and over instead of fearing it instead of fearing this death it's a good thing because without the death we cannot have the rebirth we cannot have the new life just like the season without this winter time and in the winter time the trees roots are actually growing deeper into the ground they're growing deeper and deeper and finding this deeper connection so that way in the springtime You know, the light starts to come back and rebirth can start to come through. And then you've got the full blossom and the summer, everything's green and beautiful. And then the fall, it's time to die and shed again and go back inward into that darkness. But we have to like honor that. And we don't, we make ourselves go constantly and push ourselves to the gym or whatever it may be. Like we feel like we have to go and be always instead of listening to our bodies and listening to the cycle of the season and seeing where we're at. And it comes into our feminine cycle too, like in in menstruation, like when I learned that menstruation and Premenstruation, menstruation, pre-ovulation, and ovulation, those are like the four seasons. And mm-hmm. when you do it like that, when you know that like, okay, it's it's time, I'm on my cycle, then it's like your winter season. It's time to, okay, but I need to go inward. I need to like rest for this week instead of push myself through this week. Like I've decided to stop, you know, I, I go to yoga 5.30 a.m. classes and I teach those too. So every week I'm going if it's my cycle week and I'm not teaching, I'm not going to push myself to go because this is my winter cycle part. And then I will come back to, you know, my spring and where I'll feel creative bursts again. And then I come into the summer where I'm like feeling great and my body's great. I'm, I'm able to go to yoga every day. And then I come back to the fall where it's time to shed something off of myself. And then, you know, the cycle just keeps going, but it's, it's learning your cycle and learning to listen to that instead of ignore it. And most of us are not taught that, but I was not taught because again, when everything's so masculine, you don't, we don't honor who we are as females right. and most of us have been taught to, especially when you're on your cycle and you're young and you're confused about it. Like, it's just, don't talk about it. Boys think it's gross. Shove a tampon up, keep it quiet. Like, right. And that was so messed up 
now that I have learned and I come back through this, like, thankfully, I don't have to put my daughter through that. And because I've learned the opposite, and I know how to tend to myself and and see that we are just like the earth. And, and this is not how things were supposed to be. It's supposed to be this honoring of self to learn and to grow to go through that life birth and redeath over and over so that way we can keep you know renewing ourselves and it's something to be celebrated i think right. um you know having your period and I, I a lot of i know you know teenage girls are like oh i hate it blah 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 but it's really like it's it, it is one of the most beautiful things and and it's powerful. Like I even know that if you are on your period during a full moon and a new moon, and if you really pay attention to your cycle changing throughout the year, there will be different times of the year where you maybe, you know, get your period on the full moon and are ovulating um, during the new moon. And then that's a time where you're supposed to be creative and whatever. And then yeah. when it switches, it's that time that you're supposed to be supporting other women and like doing the work. It's there. If you actually research, there's so much power and magic in just being a woman. Like our bodies are amazing. Yeah. And we were, we were kept from that knowledge. And I, I feel like too, that's, if we go to like, look at Adam and Eve, like that's what this apple was like this this was the gnosis the inner knowledge that women have this hold this power and they turned it into okay well eve took the apple bit the apple first she sinned so now she's gonna bleed once a month for the rest of her life and the rest of you females are gonna suffer because eve you know created sin first and didn't listen so that's the story i was taught of why i have i a period because Eve sinned. So I've been holding this guilt over myself because of somebody else's sin, because the feminine sinned. And it's so wrong. Now that I've learned the true story, where I feel like it was just, again, men in the past who changed the stories, changed the words to keep control and to keep women under things. Like, this is not how it was supposed to be. Really, the man was honoring the feminine and hearing her knowledge and men didn't want that anymore so why don't we take it away why don't we look like she sinned and this is why she has to bleed create it as a bad image instead of a healthy powerful image they were scared of the knowledge that we hold in our wombs and what we can create they're scared of that and i feel like if we can start to teach our future generations how to see that and honor that instead of be grossed out by it or feel for or like, oh, dread over it or put yourself on a birth control that's going to change your hormones and keep your body from being in the cycle that it's supposed to be in. We're only dishonoring ourselves and the true nature of what we're supposed to be doing. That's very true. I think I've said so many times that I believe, you know, women coming together and supporting each other. Um, like we are what is going to create heaven on earth or, you know, like we're the change that the world needs is like the remembering. Yes. The remembering. I actually wrote that down <laughs> before we started talking today. And I wrote like my exact words were uh, remembering <laughs> coming back to ourselves, back to the truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I want to, um, that's part of why I made the podcast adventures and awakening. I want this to be a place where people remember to question, like if there's anything that's normal or I'm told something like, I always want to question it. Does that resonate with my inner truth, my heart, my intuition, my inner knowing, right? Because we women are divine and we have that. And it's like getting us to remember, listen to your heart, listen to your soul, listen to your higher self, because we're the truth carriers, Right. Right. And, um, and we've been taught, most of us, to not look at our own thoughts. You know, look, like I said earlier, look outside of yourself. Look, look to the man in the clouds instead of what's in here. So when we hear that inner voice, we ignore it in the beginning. And that's why so many of us are out of touch with our intuition and our true selves, because we don't know how to listen and we don't know how to accept what's coming through because instantly we start to judge it and think like, oh, 
well, you know, my gut just told me to turn left, but I always go right. So why don't I go right? And then you, something happens when you turn right. You should have listened to your gut, but we ignore that because it's just, it's not normal to us until we can start making it normal. And that, that was a huge process for myself. Like, you know, I listened to a talk um, that Carolyn Mace and Clarissa, I can't remember how to say her last name, um, but she wrote Women Who Run With the Wolves. Oh, yeah, re- yeah, yeah. Such a good book. Yeah, I listened to a talk with the, them about intuition, and she talked about how there's so many women nowadays just praying to have intuition. And she's like, stop it. <laughs> just close your eyes and listen. Stop asking somebody else to give you a stronger intuition just trust it finally and for me it was kind of like oh yeah duh like why are we not doing that already because a lot of us can't even trust ourselves we don't even feel worthy enough of that we don't even feel worthy to have an inner power because somebody else has to have the power we're just humans full of sin and we're not perfect but that's not the truth the truth is we are this truth we are that god we are this love we just have to remember like we were saying and shed off these layers and come back to it and that's what um, megan watterson had said and mary magdalene revealed like what she had found through her studies with mary was that it's it's not about getting further up it's actually about getting further in and to me that was just like clicked for me okay that's it I I, it's not about me getting to heaven or rising getting more jewels on my crown blah 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 whatever it may be it's actually about me going inward and inward means that I've got to deal with my own problems my own issues and stop focusing on anybody else's around me but when I focus on my own that will help everyone else around me when each of us focus on ourselves and do the internal work, then we raise the consciousness of everything, of everyone, by just solely going inward. That's very true. And I think for women, you know, especially because we've been suppressed or told these lies or told these stories or have been made to believe certain ways or we're less than because we're not male, especially like a white male. Mm-hmm. You know, that we carry all these wounds and this baggage and um, like, and even if you think of like, you know, our, your great, great grandmother, like the shit she had to go through, like yeah. compared well, to nowadays. And, and we do all carry kind of that witch wound, like. Yes. Yeah. And I, even our grandmas, because I learned a story the other day or not too long ago that, you know, if my grandma were to stick up for one of her kids and all all she said was but she got slapped across the face so they i there's a book um it didn't start with you and he explains how um we don't just get our parents dna uh as like the same fingernails hair color and whatnot we also because um in their dna we also get their trauma So because if you think of your grandma, while your grandma was pregnant with your mother, four months along, she had all the eggs that she was going to have the rest of the month inside of your grandma. So you were inside your grandma when she was four months pregnant with your mother. So you get your grandma's trauma during her pregnancy, and then you go through your mom's trauma during her pregnancy. So we're taking on this generational trauma, whether or not we want it. So we're coming into this world first traumatized by our births and then traumatized by the trauma that's just already in the DNA that we have. So we have to work through all of that. And now, you know, I view that I like to call myself a witch in this life because I can, because my grandmother couldn't speak up for herself or for her kids you know, because my great, great grandmas weren't able to um, say no to a man. Um, I know this is silly, but <laughs> the new Hocus Pocus movie, uh-huh. 
I don't know if you watched it or not. I did. <laughs> um, it always did kind of upset me. Like when I was younger, I didn't know. But, you know, now that I have my daughter watching Hocus Pocus because it was my childhood show growing up or movie growing up. I was, you know, the, the way that they portray a witch and that she is this evil person eating children in the woods is, is not right. That that's what, you know, they were fearful of. That was not what was happening. And so this new movie, I like how in the beginning they showed the fact that Winnie said no to the preacher and then he was like, oh, and everybody banished them from the town just because she said no to marrying a boy she didn't want to marry. Right. And those were the truth. And that's the truth of, of Salem, even like there were no witchiness going on. They were using natural remedies and things like that. And if it was outside of your church and if it was something your neighbor didn't like, then they were going to tell on you. If you were a widow and you had land that they wanted, they would make you a witch and burn you just because they wanted your land. If you had freckles, if you had red hair, if you had birthmarks, if you had a cat, when the cats were helping keep the rats down and then that's why the plague spread because they were murdering cats because they were witches' tools. Like, <laughs> there's so much that they were fearful of that wasn't even real. And then when I learned that, like, kings in the past, you know, wanted you to be fearful of these so-called witches and, and they hired artists to draw images of a devil to say that this is what they were worshiping. So they are the ones who created this image for a devil and for evil hired by an artist. It was propaganda to create fear. And now we still hold on to that image and people are like, oh, this is the devil. And it's like, no, that's what some artist drew because a king wanted you to be fearful in the past and you still think it's real. Yeah. That's just crazy because you think about all the control has been going on for as long as it has i mean just like the and you take it back to the world we live in now and all the propaganda and you can't even watch like the damn like news it's nothing is actually like real or as it seems right and And that's like we all need to start questioning everything i believe that's what it starts with like question it why do you believe this why did your grandpa believe this you know if this is something that's passed on because most of our grandparents are racist, whether or not they want to say it or not, because that's the time that it happened. Right. That's true. So now you've already changed some things because you've decided to go against that. Why can't you start questioning other things? Why can't you start wondering, you know, why, why is this what we believe? Why is this? And, you know, even for my dad, when I, when I try to explain, you know, this is, that he doesn't understand how the feminine has been kept from uh, the Christian religion. He's like, well, I, I could give you books. You know, there are stories and books about women from the Bible. I'm like, that's not the same. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the feminine in general. I don't just mean women of that time and their stories. They, they're, they're still a lot kept from that because they only wanted so much to be shared. But also, too, I mean, on top of all of this, the Bible has been translated how many times? So right. words don't even mean the same thing that they did back then. And there's a lot of English words that there are no translations for. Like they just made it up. So virgin didn't even mean the same thing back then. It didn't mean that Mother Mary was actually didn't have sex. It just meant she was pure. It didn't mean the same thing now. So it's just so, it's so taken out of context and they turn things and then they see into things so literal, I think, that they can't come outside of that. They can't come out of that view and look, look at the whole bigger picture and see that that's not what we were supposed to be learning. And this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. You know, like we, yes, we are supposed to, I believe, you know, that, that Jesus's message, of course, was good. And this is what, you know, it was a good message for us to, to be like Jesus. There, there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't believe that he's the only way to heaven. You know, that, that we, we just, we can have this aspect. And now, you know, I essentially like, 
broke up with Jesus um, when I was breaking up with religion and I didn't expect it. But when I went through um, my second Reiki master level training, because I did it again um, after the one we went through together. Yeah, I did, too. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> so during my, my second one, that is when uh, Jesus, what well, I want to say Yeshua came to me and came to me as a Reiki guide. And I was like, what? Like, that is not who I imagined showing up in front of me. Because I, like I said, I essentially broke up with him. And it right. was just kind of like, how can I be free of this person that I was raised to believe is my only way to heaven? And now he's here again <laughs> and for him to show up again. It, I, it's different now. I, I see, I see the Christ light. I see that this is still a mission and still a goal, but I see his smile and his, his embrace and the fact that he, he understands that his word has been changed and, and that's not what he wanted, but there's very, there, there's some of us, that can see the truth in it and can help share the true messages and, and this, this Christ light still in the right way instead of the shame and the guilt. So he came back to me for a reason. And I still, you know, do want to live like Jesus, but I also want to incorporate his partner, Mary Magdalene in it. And, and she's in there too with me. Like there's, they're, they're together now and together. That's, that's that essence that I see of, of helping me, create this balance in my life to be able to find heaven on earth. And in that is, so how do we do that? How do we create heaven on earth? How do we, you know, um, bring ourselves up out of that? And that's finding the balance so we can break free from our fears and our anxieties and that shame and the guilt and the judgment, like the, the judgment for me, I think is the number one thing because it's been so strong on me since childhood. I think especially growing up in a religion, like religious people are the most judgmental people ever. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're not like them, then they're judging you. And yeah, it's very true. I've had so many people be like, Amber, how does your astrology and all your stuff you're doing affect your relationship with Jesus? And I'm like, what? Like, it makes it grow stronger. Because right. What the hell? How can you think that this is something bad? It's it's all of it has a connection. And when we learn s s crazy things in this, like the 12 astrological signs he had 12 um disciples and it, it, it's in they're like all of it there's all of them there's so many things that connect and it's just like we don't we don't know these things about jesus that we we really needed to know um they taught us the little sunday school pretty picture stories and i, I mean even look at the fact that we view him as a white male right. he would not have been white <laughs> so they they change it for their good and not for ours. But to see now that, you know, as a witch, I can work with Jesus. And if you think that that's going to put me in hell, then, then that's, that's you suffering still. That's you burning and, and sensually and not me, you know, because I, I'm finding ways to, to be in heaven. And, you know, to me, casting a spell is a way of, I always say like a bedazzled prayer, you know, you're just giving more intention and heart to your prayer. If you're lighting a candle or burning a piece of paper that is, has something written that you want to release and let go of, you know, th that's just a prettier way of enhancing that intention and prayer or whatever you're trying to send out into the universe or to God. Like, it's just a bedazzled prayer. It's not something harmful. They view spell work as something bad. And I'm sure there's people, you know, that that do bad whatever, but then they're only casting that back upon themselves because like the law of attraction, what you give out is what you get back. So that's not me. I'm not, you know, I'm not choosing to do that, but yet my family is still seeing it that way. And um, 
like I said in the beginning, it comes back to acceptance for me. So I have accepted me and I know I'm not doing anything harmful. I know that I can work with Jesus and I can cast a spell and I can create heaven on earth for myself and I'm happy there and that's okay for me. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. What would be your definition of a witch? Because, because in our society, you know, I mean, even coming off of you bringing up Hocus Pocus in the movies, what we're being told a witch is, is not what a witch is. Right. Um, so my first easy explanation is that it's a woman who, or man, <laughs> who is in tune with their intuition. And I believe that's what scared people in the past. Um, when you're in tune with your intuition, yeah, you can get these psychic abilities and you can get these visions and these messages. And I believe we all have the ability to do so. We just suppress it. But a witch is a woman who wants to heal her family, heal herself. So she uses natural remedies and she uses her intuition and she works with angels or guides or ancestors and she creates a magical life. And that's what I want. And magic can be in anything. So I want to create a magical life. Like I've been saying, heaven on earth, that's what it is for me. So a witch is someone who creates that for herself, who leads the way of, I know that I have the power to do this for me. No one else is going to do it for me. Like I can't pray to God, please take my sins away and then not do anything about it. You know, that's for me, that's where they like stop themselves. They're always like, you know, well, if God wants it to be, then it will be. No, you actually have to work for it. So a woman is a woman who will, or I'm sorry, a witch is a woman who will do that, who will work for it and create what she wants instead of just asking for it. Mm -hmm. And that comes back to that whole, we are all divine. We all have the magic inside of us and we are all here to co-create. Yes. We are creation. Yes, exactly. And, and a witch knows that and she's not, you know, holding that judgment or that shame or that guilt over herself anymore. And like I said earlier, like now in this life, we have, the ability in this time, well, you know, they're still trying to take it from us. And we have the abortion laws and everything right now. So we don't have the full power, but I can get on social media and I can call myself a witch without being burned. You know, right. so we do have a lot more power than we used to. And I think we need to take advantage of that. And I think that's how we heal trauma of the past is by taking back our power stepping into that power and remembering who you are yes right Back I mean and I feel like we're on the right path I know there's like some been a few hurdles along the way but I do feel like it's all in divine timing yes yeah absolutely you know it it, it comes when you're ready and um the collective consciousness is making a shift but more and more, you know, women are getting a say again, and we're able to stand our ground. I mean, if even if we look what's happening over in Iran, like, women are standing up and saying enough is enough. If I want to show my freaking hair, then I'm going to show my hair. Like, this is what was happening in burning times. Something so crazy and mind boggling that why, why can't we have the right to do that? Why can't we be equal? Why does it have to be anybody over anybody? Why can't we all be this truth together and find that happiness? And it's just some people are so, so blocked to seeing that it's beyond, you know, witches we're we're all we're all witches like the the men at overseas the burnings are still happening you know people are still being burned for a witch and that's because again like the the control they wanted in the past they still want it to these days and they know that if we all decide to stand up and use our own truth and our own intuition that they're not going to have control anymore that's very true. And I feel like the more that we come together and we're all changing and learning and growing, 
the harder they're going to fight back. But I know that love will always win. And that's, you know. Yes. It comes back to the karmic law. And love will always win. What you put out, you get back. So. Right. Yes. Absolutely. I thank you so much for being on. This was a lovely conversation. I feel like there's we could go so many different directions with it. And <laughs> there's so much more to say. But I know we're getting close on time. So I want to ask you. Um, is there any final message or anything that you would like to share for women, for witches, for anyone listening to this podcast, just about what the world's going through? Like we're still in this period of intense change and transition. And so do you have any words of wisdom or a message you'd like to share? Any final thoughts? Um, I think with gathering up, like everything we talked about today, um, when you come from a family or you have people outside of you that are against something that you feel in your heart to go towards, then just go towards it anyway. Come back to, you know, if you have to look in the mirror every single day and say, I accept myself, I accept myself, I accept myself, then do it because that will eventually get you to a place of finding that full acceptance. So that way, you can come back to your truth. You can remember your truth. You can get to that point. It We're not going to get there if we let everybody like society or our family block us and stop us. If I would continue to let my family's judgments stop me from becoming a yoga teacher even, then I wouldn't be where I am now. And now I'm helping others through this teaching. So if, if you feel it inside your heart, my goal is to keep my, my message, I mean, is to keep following that, keep following your heart and going where you feel it calling you to, because even if people don't approve, it's right for you. And that's so true. You know, it, it's coming back from tuning. It's coming back to tuning in. Yes. You know, and a lot of times, especially like there's a lot of people born into families who are there just to teach a lesson. Mm-hmm. And again, we're all here on different paths and it's just coming back to love, accepting that they're on their journey. You're on your journey and, you know, staying true to your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Because you like the goal is for each of us to come back to that love and return to love, return to yourself. So that way the collective consciousness can yeah, when you heal yourself, you heal the world. Yes. Yes. Oh, I thank you so, so much for being on the podcast. It was truly a pleasure to talk to you and speak with you. Can you, Um, I'll also post in the show notes, but if you wouldn't mind sharing where people can find you, if they have any questions, want to book a Reiki session or training, or just, you know, want to um, maybe even schedule a photography session or ask you questions or dig a little deeper. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am on Instagram. My um, Reiki and yoga page is at Soul Tap, and that's Soul underscore Tap underscore. So you can book, find my website link on there, and you can book a Reiki session or see the class dates for trainings. I also have my yoga schedule up on there, and I'm free to communicate and talk to you through there yes well i thank you so much um any any final thoughts that you would like to share before we end no um thank you for letting me talk it was really nice to go free and i you know we we went into a another realm that i didn't foresee coming but i like it <laughs> well i love that you are owning and embodying like all that you are and that you're representing like I am a witch and I'm here to use my magic what a gift for your daughter thank you like (laughs) I love that I love it I love it so thank you very much I have you I hope you have the most beautiful day and remember everyone listening when you awaken you you remember you namaste namaste